Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash Wondery and use code Wondery for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash Wondery, code Wondery. When it comes to picking the perfect treats for your dog, Stuart makes the choice easy by keeping it real. Real ingredients, real nutrients, real benefits. Stuart dog treats are free from additives, corn, soy, wheat, and grains. Plus, they're freeze-dried to lock in all the great nutrition and natural flavor your furry friend deserves. Stuart freeze-dried dog treats. Big, tail-wagging nutritional benefits. Available on Amazon.com today. Welcome to the Nerdist Podcast number 713. Uh, I'm performing in uh, Florida this weekend, Friday and Saturday, Orlando and Tampa, and then the next weekend in Sacramento and San Jose. It's part of the Fun Comfortable Tour. April Richardson's on the road with me. Go to funcomfortabletour.com for tickets and info on that business. What you got on the Nerdist Community Corkboard? I got two things that are Nerdist Podcast Network related. First, Dave Ross is taking Terrified on the road. He will be touring all over California at the end of this month. And and doing stand-up shows and live Terrified podcast recordings. You can find all his dates and info at DaveRoss.com and click and by clicking Shows. And if you're in L.A. and have Friday afternoon free, that's this Friday, August 7th, come to a taping of Chewing It uh, with Kevin and Steve, and that's Kevin Heffernan and Steve Lemmy from Super Troopers, Beer Fest, and all those, all those good movies at Improv Olympic at 1 p.m., uh, they're going to be talking to George Went from Cheers. Oh, that's so I'm fantastic! Sure Matt's going to be so jealous. Oh my god! And I think it's free. I'm not entirely sure, but I'm. I think it might be free. And if it's not free, it's going to be cheap as shit. So just come. <laughs> just come. Just Thanks, come, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the little come. Please come. Can you crack me up? <laughs> uh, this podcast is Ed Helms number three. Number three. A three-peat of Ed Helms uh, promoting Vacation, which is in theaters now. God damn it, I love Ed Helms. Me too. He's so fucking funny. He he destroyed on At Midnight the Did other he? night. Oh, I watched which it. you should watch online if you can find it somewhere because he well now I've spoiled it that he won. But you know what? It's still worth the journey. <laughs> but he won in a way that no one has ever tried before in a for the win. I'm so, you would just I'm have so intrigued. To, you would just have to see it to understand what it was that he did. I'm so intrigued now. And I, and I didn't uh, you know, the first answer I read, and that leveled the place, and I thought, well, this one's going to win. And then I read the next one, and then it turned out to be Ed's, and then he won, and it was genius. So, uh, vacation in theaters, uh, and then also, I wonder if he'll, I'm sure he'll pop up on The Daily Show at some point, right? Oh, I'm sure. It's People the last week. the last Daily yeah. Show is on Thursday. Tomorrow, oh my God. So, uh, anyway, uh, Ed Helms. And check oh, out all his bluegrass music. All the bluegrass music. It's some of my... I, we talk about it a little bit. I love bluegrass music. Me and, too. And uh, I also love the Nerds Podcast number 713 with Edward Helms. Katie, it's rolling thing. It's going to be cheap as shit. <laughs> now entering Nerdist.com. This again. This again? What is this, like three times now? Jesus Christ. 
What's happening? Uh, are we live? We're not technically live. We're recording. Sure, sure, sure. But no one's hearing it as we're doing it right now. Uh, it's the... The year is 1897. <laughs> <laughs> it's Edward Helms and Christopherson Hodwicky. <laughs> I should change my name to sound more American. <laughs> point i should drop the nine vowels at the end of my name <laughs> just be hardwick i think 15 letters is too many to spell hardwick i'll tell you that much right now well you never get through ellis island <laughs> oh, i don't even know what that is anymore is that a new thing is that where they put that big bronze lady can you name any presidents Turn around, back to Slovakia with you. Oh, I can name them. They might not be their names, but I can give them names. <laughs> Pet names. Here's McKinley. Be- Sideburns, Hamilton. Cheeks Taft. <laughs> Guys, we have a band. <laughs> our drummer is Cheeks Taft. <laughs> what are we waiting for? Uh, our whole, our, our our trumpet player, all of our horn section are are uh, are dead presidents. Matter of fact, the dead presidents, an actual band, is our. Isn't that a band? No, the dead, the dead Kennedys. Kennedys. Dead Kennedys. Forgive yeah, me. The dead yeah, Kennedys. Right. The dead presidents was. What is that? Oh, that's the, a movie. The dead presidents. Well, dead presidents was a movie. The dead presidents was also the gang in. Um, the uh, uh, fucking uh, Keanu Reeves, Patrick Swayze, Point oh, Break. My Own Private Idaho. It was My Own Private Idaho. <laughs> uh, River Phoenix was River Phoenix played uh, Andrew Jackson in right. My Own Private Idaho, where Andrew Jackson was trying to establish <laughs> his own country called Idaho. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he just wanted to hang out uh-huh. there, and I get those. I get those movies confused all the time. Yeah, my own private Idaho and, and Twin Point Falls, Break. Idaho. Oh, okay. And Point Break. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of words get jumbled in my head. I, I often get uh, River Phoenix confused with the Nile River. Mm-hmm. Um, yep, all the time. Yep, ancient think, Egypt. Mm-hmm. But Ed, you're here to talk about why I was up until two in the morning on Ancestry.com. No, you're here to promote your movie. I was up until two in the morning on Ancestry.com. Doing for for personal reasons? Yes, I just you know my it's, dad. It's a rabbit hole. My dad's not alive anymore, and so I realized his birthday was Saturday, and I realized I don't really know that much about my. Fi- so I just casually went on to Ancestry. I'll try. I'll do the trial for fourteen days. Sure. Immediately sucked in, and for five hours last night, just building. It's amazing. Every you you are you're you have lots of Nazi. No My ancestors, not no, and no, slave owners, no, and, no. and they were Nazi slave owners. They were Nazi. Wait a minute. What if they owned Nazis as slaves? And that would be okay. That right? would actually be cool. <laughs> that would actually be a that'd be a badge of honor. Um, it's uh, yeah, that's a rabbit hole. I, I I'm I'm kind of a a mutt, and and when people ask what's your heritage, where and and I I don't really know. And I've I've gone on Ancestry.com um, and made a few connections, but uh, none more than uh, someone forwarded me a blog that's like a celebrity uh, Ancestry yeah. blog. And I don't know if it's true, but this person had connected me way – like centuries back to like uh, B- British and German dignitaries and – I can see that. Uh, it's so, weird when you're a white person uh, and there are so many different things that you can pour 
into that vat. Yeah. Uh, did you did you were able to verify any of this? Um, of course not. <laughs> no, I have no. I don't know. I don't really know. My my both my mom and my dad's side have been uh, in the Americas for hundreds of years, so it's a little hard to tell. Like back before that, are you related to the Helms Bakery at all? Not that I know of, but 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 definitely. Right, 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 <laughs> right, 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 right. I mean, at some point there has to be. Yeah, it all sort of weaves. I, I found out uh, my great-grandfather was a man named Rufus. When he was my age, he was in jail for grand larceny. And he went by the name Buzz Hardwick, which is the fucking greatest name I've ever heard in my I life. just changed your name to that, Buzz. I, I, and I, I notarized that. Yeah. I became a notary just to allow that to happen. Uh, so from now on. Buzz Hardwick. Buzz yeah. Hardwick. That's, that's, you sound like either a quarterback or <laughs> or a daredevil villain, yeah. Or, <laughs> one of those, one of those two. Or uh, or or like uh, Tom Cruise's rival in Top Gun. Da- and, yeah, for, it was sequel. it was between Iceman and and Buzz <laughs> Hardwick. Buzz Hardwick. <laughs> Buzz Hardwick. Hey, what's up, uh, Maverick? <laughs> what are you guys? Uh, where do we find these things? I'm not. I'm not real good. I'm gonna fly mine faster than yours. <laughs> so, how do you compete with with a pilot on your own aircraft carrier? Like, what? What is? <laughs> what are you? You're just like competing to be cooler. I mean, it's not a. There's no finish line. You're not racing planes, are you? Yeah, we're racing planes for freedom. Oh, right, 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 racing. racing uh, who planes. can? Who can get to the? Who can get to the Russian MiG faster? To, so they can have sex with Kelly McGillis. Ah, there you go. Because that was uh, that was that was what was going on. To the on, dulcet then. tones of Berlin. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, I love oh, that, that song. That took my breath away. So good. And a and a young Meg Ryan taught us how to laugh. I don't know if that's true. I mean, but she was. Oh, that's right. She was She's Goose's, Goose's wife. Uh, wife. Oh, yeah. that was. She was great in that. So, so when Goose dies, spoiler alert. Oh man! <laughs> God damn it! I'm sorry. I knew everything else about the movie oh, but that. Jeez. I, I went to the bathroom just during that scene. I thought. Uh, I thought they got divorced. Yeah, like I thought. No. You know, Maverick comes in to hug her. I was like, oh, it didn't work out. He's, you know, he went AWOL. No, no, no. Goose dies. So he, he went AWOL from life. He, uh, he, he, he blows himself up uh, <laughs> by accident. It's a, in a firework. He holds yeah. a firework on his head. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> what is it? He, oh, he, he tries to eject. He tries to eject. And he gets, and he, and he gets crushed by the Spoiler, by the I knew the spoiler. Yeah, see, his head hits the, can, the thing. And right. then... Um, and there's a whole investigation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tom Skerritt's like very pissed. He's upset, but <laughs> you know the important thing is just the less attractive of the two people died. Right. Uh, Tom Cruise survived because he had a better jawline, and I think that's the most important. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the most important thing to remember. Well, it's is it, it? I mean, and it makes sense that a goose dies hitting a windshield. <laughs> is that? <laughs> is that not? No, I did I not? Escape <laughs> <laughs> for so many. I just realized that. I, <laughs> I got him. I got Hardwick. I got him. Oh, that's the best. Oh my god! Uh, it is. You know, 
And it's only in this context where you could come out with something like you can't just walk with people in conversation. Hey, remember Top Gun? Remember when Goose did the thing? Goose did a windshield. Like you need, we needed that much runway, so to speak. Yeah, so we needed we needed more than an aircraft carrier's worth of runway to get to the goose joke. No, which is, it never would have uh, it never would have emerged. That's a joke of from that's my a joke of the week, Ed. Thanks. I mean, even if you can't I, go around and tell everyone, you have to know. You need to feel good about yeah. that. Yeah, and you're right. I can't bring it up later and be like, remember when <laughs> – Listen to this podcast, uh, uh, 9.30 to 10.42, and, uh, and then you're welcome. <laughs> oh, boy. All started with Buzz Hardwick. <laughs> Everything started with Buzz Hardwick. It did. It did. He, he might be – The first Nerdist. Was it? I don't know. He was a fucking hillbilly. Yeah, he was a, gla- a grand larcenist. He was a grand he had, larcenist. He, he had a uh, a, a podcast. Here's what called I the know: the grand larcenist, <laughs> <laughs> which he stole. Yeah. from uh, someone else. He the thing that I first of all, in looking at the ancestry stuff, it's fascinating because so many people, just because of mortality rates, and I guess because of lack of birth control and let's be honest unprotected sex is pretty rad um tons of kids they just had ton all of them yeah all of my ancestors like five six seven kids and then there's always a couple that didn't really make it you know they may may have lived from three to 16 and then were claimed by nature because the world was a hostile place back then yeah if if yeah infant mortality it was was crazy you look back in uh, like over the centuries and and it's come well, like now it's surprising when when an infant dies but yeah. but it was back it was then it was just funny Oh, I thought you were going to say it was comical. Back then it was comical. You were saying commonplace, and I anticipated the wrong direction. It was comical. Well, you, you, it, it is to you, and that's that. That's a that's a sad thing. No, that's a dark thing about you. No, no, um, no, no. It's listen. They would have died by now anyway. Right. Okay. Okay. So it's far enough in the past uh, that it's actually kind of funny. Yeah, what was there? There's if you ever read Mark Twain's autobiography, there's this weirdly poignant section where he uh, he takes his uh, I believe it's an infant daughter for a carriage ride, and uh, he doesn't notice that her blanket falls off, and it's very cold out, and uh, they get home, and the infant gets very sick and ultimately dies, and. He talks about this in his autobiography, which was published posthumously, and I don't think he had told anyone in his family that at the time. So he, by today's standards, would have been absolutely arrested. Yes, but I mean, it was also something that he took to his grave with great grief. I mean, parents, you know, make tragic mistakes and... And I don't know that I don't know. Is that criminal negligence? I would. I have no idea. I mean, but now I think it would be because yeah. we are. You know, we. I mean, it's, I think we it's punish like the, every everyone for it's, everything. It's the, <laughs> it's the opposite of leaving a child in a hot car. Like you've left a child out. You're in, right. in the cold. Yeah. Although he was with the. I don't know. It's horrible. It's and horrible. Then, uh, but, you're, but it's actually it's heartbreaking to read because it's something that has tortured him. Until the end, when this yeah. really magical jumping frog comes in and saves. <laughs> From Calaveras County. Yes, the frog uh, reaches into the afterlife and pulls her soul back <laughs> to the child. Oh, boy. But the child is actually just a frog at that point. And his, and his mouth is filled with buckshot. Yep, that's right. <laughs> 
right? <laughs> a buckshot's a thing everyone had back then. <laughs> yeah. I had no idea. I didn't know that about Twain. I think that's, that's horrible. I, unless I'm like conflating <laughs> biographies, I think that's in his autobiography, which is the one of the greatest reads ever. If you're remembering it correctly. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yes. I remember it's either the best or the worst thing I've ever read. <laughs> yeah. I'm not 100% sure. Uh, yeah. And there the twain shall meet? Yeah, it's an oddly vulnerable, poignant thing from, from such a uh, great uh, like I, uh, master of irony. You don't hear kind of uh, authenticity that Well, a lot of much. comedy people, the tragedy waters run deep. Oh, boy. You know? I mean, that's... I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, I don't know. You seem nervous. <laughs> Beads of sweat <laughs> forming on your forehead. Not, these aren't tears or, or sweating. <laughs> There's sweating no tragedy is, in my life. Sweating are basically fa- face tears. No. La- laughter. Laughter water. Nothing but... <laughs> that's what that is. <laughs> I have runny eyes. <laughs> Oh, no, that sounds like a terrible medical condition. <laughs> no, it's delightful. No, listen. Yeah, it's after Goose's death, Meg Ryan's character becomes a stand-up comic. That's mm-hmm. what they don't show you in the follow-up movie. Mm-hmm. I always wish they would do, like, I wish they would hop genres in sequels, where they could just, like, take a character for one movie and then just completely make it, like, a madcap comedy or a horror movie or just, like, some other... That's a really... cool... That is a cool idea. Or to take... Uh... Yeah, just to, to 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 toss people into weird known characters into weird genres because like Vacation is now a full blown slasher horror thriller, right? That is that, that's is, what you guys, but that's what it? it's always been, right? So <laughs> we're not doing anything new there. Um, uh, gosh, yeah, I don't know. Could you do that? Could could you stick? Uh, I think I think the problem is that no one would be willing to risk the money to do that. Well, it, hey, well. Here's the thing. I mean, if you go back, if you follow, say, Batman back mm-hmm. to sort of like Adam West gave a very different Batman than Christian Bale. True, but <laughs> not, that's a but very not different really experience. like a – you know, the closest thing that I've ever seen to it is <clears throat> Rob Zombie made House of a Thousand Corpses, which I was in. And then he made The Devil's Rejects and Corpses was a horror movie and Devil's Rejects was like a grindhouse movie. Like he did – he did – Evolve like he did switch genres, sort of, but they are they were related enough. But I mean, like taking taking a uh, those genres to me are like the difference between cheddar and sharp cheddar. Yeah, like I don't know, I can't. <laughs> what is it? The horror versus grindhouse? Like a grindhouse, like a grindhouse movie. But uh, didn't Woody Allen try to do that? In Melinda, Melinda, wasn't that like one storyline is a comedy and the other storyline is a serious story about this character? Oh. It was not a great it wasn't a great movie. Don't know. All right. I don't know that. Well, your homework okay. is to do that. Done. Uh, I'd like a, a five-page double-space report on my desk by 9 a.m. Mm, you got it. Um, but, uh, yeah, Vacation is a, a slasher horror. <laughs> we're, we're real psyched. I remember you, you were talking about this the last time. You were talking about Vacation the last time you were here, but I don't think you guys had started yet. You were just sort of in the initial phases of it, I mm-hmm. believe. And um, the and and I know that it's tricky with with a hallowed property like like vacation, but the clips that I've seen look fucking hilarious. Oh, I mean, like, like, thank you. The billboard, the sewage billboard, is fantastic, and then the the uh, the nod to the Christy Brinkley thing. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Really funny. Yeah. The the uh, that sewage thing is very polarizing. Like there there are, there, I th- I feel like there are people like me who are extremely juvenile, 
and think that nothing is funnier than like a person getting poo on them <laughs> by, by accident. The, the look on the kid's face in the background with that wand. <laughs> this is fucking great. Look, I found a dart and it's a hypodermic needle. I mean, that's that is some that's some good stuff right there. So you all have have everything. Yeah. Uh, but that's the <laughs> uh, and. Uh, yeah, but that and other other people Heps A through F. F- <laughs> <laughs> uh, there are so many more Heps than we realized. Um, but yeah, that's one of the that's actually one of the nice things about these these Griswold comedies is that there are no consequences at all for, for each set piece. <laughs> like, no, each the crazy thing that happens, uh, we're just on to the next. Yeah, and and they've already <clears throat> they set up the rules for that universe, which is. Uh, the kids can change in any uh-huh. movie without any explanation. Kids can be different, and uh, and 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 timelines of the kids' ages can vary wildly. Sure, and it's totally fine. Why so, not? But uh, but you are Rusty changed every has changed every movie thus far. He really he so has. If there is another, so sequel, is Audrey. Rusty and Audrey both changed. No, Audrey was the same in uh in the. First one and European vacation. Oh, she was the same in yeah. European. Was she the same in European vacation? Yeah, yeah. N- no, Jason Lively was. Uh, Jason Lively was w- in was European vacation. Rusty Blake Lively's older brother. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. Oh, cool. Yes, Blake. <clears throat> the Livelys. Uh, I know this because Jason and Blake's father, Ernie, was the only acting coach I've ever had. Whoa! And so cool. He's. I think he was Jason's stepfather. Uh, it was Jason and then Robin Lively, who was in Teen Witch. They were a, a brother siblings. Okay. And then their mom married this this man, Ernie, who then gave birth to Blake and uh, and another son. Well, this is some serious Hollywood scuttlebutt coming well, just, through here. You know, in the Ancestry.com vein. <laughs> yeah, right. Let's, let's, make, uh, let's make connections. I don't think Audrey was the same in European Vacation and, and the first vacation. I think the... The the Audrey and European vacation was I can't remember her name, but she was more of a she did more comedies in the eighties. And do you, can you look that up, yeah. Katie? And if I'm wrong, then you can punch Kyle in the Dana Hill was yes. But she wasn't in the first vacation. The first vacation I think was a different girl, and if I'm wrong, then you can punch Kyle in the dick. Well, I'm sorry, Kyle. That's kind of what you get. Yeah. Dana Barron, totally different. <laughs> they're, they're both Danas. I'll give you. I'll give you that. All right, I'm embarrassed. Egg on my face. <laughs> That's okay. The laughter water will will wash it away. <laughs> it washes it off. I mean, I only remember that because I saw both movies so many times, and I know people. When people talk about the vacations, Christmas vacation seems to be one that they talk about a lot. Yeah, that's a favorite for a lot of people. My, but I still my, think the fir- first yeah, one, the original, to me, because it 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 the it create the universe. It it set all the rules. It set the 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 characters were kind of. Uh, it's just where they took shape. It's where they were molded, and there's yeah. something really satisfying about that. And I think it's one of Chevy Chase's greatest performances. Ever, yeah, and he's great in all of them, and he's great in every, like every movie. But uh, but that first one, it just it's so effortless. There's something really, uh, yeah, 
really beautiful about it. Vegas Vacation, I think I saw the least mm-hmm. of the of the mm-hmm. series. But Christmas Vacation, Christmas Vacation is fun. I just feel like by the time they got to Christmas Vacation, it was already sort of like, we know who these characters are. Now it's kind of madcappy. Yeah. They all You're sort right. of, you know, I mean, uh, you know, Randy Quaid's character is an extreme version of Cousin Eddie. Right. And, you know. Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Amazing. Very angry neighbor. Very upset. Yep. But she gets her comeuppance. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course. In the end. And then, uh, did that squirrel ever work again? Or was that the only movie? Um, he did some of the voices for Alvin and Alvin and the Chipmunks, but uh, oh yeah, I see because they can't get a chipmunk to do a chipmunk voice. No, nope, they got to go. The kind squirrel. of racism I'm talking about in this business. The squirrels doing chipmunk voices is, is fucking bullshit. I get it. They all look the same because they're ground mammals. Chris, what? relax. He was the voice of a squirrel character. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Right. My my social justice outrage was at a Misplaced. fever pitch. <laughs> Misplaced. I apologize. I should have let you finish. <laughs> <laughs> he played the, the squirrel that gets cut out, the Stu Sutcliffe of the uh, of the, 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 and the chipmunks. It was the fourth chipmunk was actually a squirrel. Oh god, <laughs> that's why they cut him out. <laughs> and I Where wish you are could just we? Come on every week. It's so fun. I it's this is an, the ancestry dot com thing was such a perfect launch because I feel like we're just. Going down rabbit, rabbit holes. holes of like every every uh, connection. It's delightful. I mean, we're. I will say we come back with a lot of historically accurate, indisputable facts about things and presidents and, and some serious mistakes. <laughs> that, that I that yes from movie franchises yeah. that we're in that we're parts of. <laughs> I mean, us we but us sure sure know, sure. Was... Well, I think some of your uh, Rob Zombie data was flawed. But... I don't think so. <laughs> no, I'm just. I'm trying to drag you under the bus with me. <laughs> There's no room. <laughs> Plenty of room under this bus. <laughs> Plenty of room under this oh, old bus. Oh, God. Were you a Bonnaroo? You were a Bonnaroo this year. Yes, yes. Oh, and you were too. And I we, was. we tried to connect. In we were going to try to connect. I, we were going to try uh, to get you and the band to come and do a bluegrass song. And then it just. During my set, but it just the timing was weird. You got you didn't get I, in until I, I got in late, and um, I had to rehearse with Mumford and Sons. I've heard of them because uh, I hopped up on stage with them that night. Oh come on! Yeah, which was pretty. Did you do some banjo picking? I, I did. I played some banjo, and uh, uh, I think that I think I changed music forever. I think that's a. I'm going to agree with you. Safe. Assumption. And I think Mumford and Sons really is the soundtrack to Buzz Hardwick. <laughs> Just that old timey <laughs> driving, driving, yes. li- li- you know, living raw, yeah, uh, in, in very, very heartfelt, emotional, yeah, um, kind of vaguely uh, chimney sweep. So did you entire. rehearse? Did you rehearse with Mumford and Sons, or you, or did you just come on and go? Oh, I can follow along. No, I did. I did. We. I got. I went backstage a couple hours before their set. And uh, and they had this they had this beautiful rehearsal space right backstage, and we just ran through the song. Wow! Yeah, yeah. Did you uh, want to grab the mic at any point and just take over? Or? Um, I I uh, I what I really wanted to do was crowd surf <laughs> with a banjo. <laughs> yeah, with the banjo. Has anyone crowd surfed with a banjo? You um, could. I'm sure. I'm sure people have. I bet. Yeah. All those kids on drugs, I'm sure, would be a great uh, canopy to... Well, you, I, I'd never seen anything like it. I've never been on stage in a situation like that. Mumford & Sons, 
they're massive international megastars at Bonnaroo. They had the they had eighty thousand people. Jesus, just Christ. a sea, a sea of humanity, and and they kick on these huge floodlights above the proscenium, and it lights up, you know, oh just for hundreds of yards back, and it's endless. And uh, I wanted to actually stand on my banjo and try to surf upright. I thought that'd be cool, <laughs> oh, right? that'd be amazing! Right? How cool would that be? That would be so awesome. <laughs> Uh, you should you should have next time net, net, next time you perform for eighty thousand people. I always thought that would be a cool set piece in a movie for somebody to like like if there's a cr- a big crowd and someone has to get all the way across the other side of it and uh, and they like rip a door off of a hinge and and put it on top of everyone make it a surfboard and it's and they stand up and the whole crowd like pushes them forward. I think that's a great idea. Even better if it's in a stadium and the stadium crowd is doing the wave. Oh, but then, uh, uh, yeah, so they're surfing the wave yeah. as if it's an actual wave. How cool would that be? That would be pretty amazing. Okay, I'm putting that in a movie. And then... Uh, <laughs> Vacation 2. <laughs> what? Two hours of Rusty Griswold just <laughs> on a rusty cr- crowd door. surfing on a door. <laughs> and then someone in a shark outfit like jumps out of the yes. crowd and tries to... And it's Chevy Chase and it's as Chevy the Chase land shark. As the land shark! Yes! We did it! Nice! This is... <laughs> I mean, I, I guarantee you movies have been sold with less. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is, you can't tell me that movies haven't been sold with less. You can't tell me that, like, Police Academy 5 had more of a pitch than that. Yep. So I think um, this has to be a thing that happens. Financiers, here's my email. (laughs) (laughs) Send us your PayPal. PayPal Anyone anyone who is a financier slash nerdist fan and listening to this, Mm -hmm. uh, just mail me cash. Hey, that's Murray. It's just like one guy. It wisely. It's just one guy. That's uh, I, my sh- I was in the comedy tent. There were probably like seventy nine thousand people at my show. <laughs> I think it was probably like seventy eight, seventy nine thousand. Comedy tent is uh, that's like the that's the best venue at Bonnaroo because it's air conditioned. Oh my god, it's so. I, I mean, Bonnaroo was amazing. I absolutely loved Bonnaroo, but it was really hot, and it's hard not to imagine, you know. They set up all these little villages, basically these tent villages. Yeah, of just it's people, like a refugee camp. I like people ra- riding all night. I don't know how they do. It's and punishing. When, and then the sun just basically cook. The sun is just basically like 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 a like a popcorn tin. Yeah, just cooking them as beginning at seven o'clock in the morning when the sun is beaming in. I don't know how. They, I mean, I am so grateful they're there, but but I I if I had a chance, I would say to them. Go home and and drink water and <laughs> drink plenty sit of water by your air conditioner. <laughs> but people, uh, I think that's just because we're not twenty anymore. I guess when you're yeah. twenty, if none of that stuff matters, you just sort of shrug that right. stuff off. You don't need hydration in Mm-mm. your twenties. No, you're fine. Uh, or sunblock, right? Or evidently clothing. But you do need uh, a lot of hallucinogens. And I'm just going off of what I saw there. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> you do need clothing if you're riding around in a carriage with Mark Twain. Yeah. Then if you don't, right. then you're going to die. But otherwise, uh, you need no clothing. Um, what, uh, what was it? What was I going to say? You were going to talk about remember. how <laughs> Mumford and Sons is now. You're going to start touring with Mumford and Sons. Yes, I'm. Uh, I'm replacing Mumford and Sons as Mumford, <laughs> and I am. Uh, 
I am now the. the I will no longer be just, at Helms. It's just me and a banjo for 80,000 people so all gonna, over the world. You're just going to take the name Mumford and Sons without the band or any of their songs. No, they asked me to just, just take over their tour. And so I'm subbing in. I'm basically subbing for them. I'm sure people will be very delighted when they go see Mumford and Sons. I tell, you just walk out and go, it's me now. I, just, I read from, Tom, uh, from Mark Twain's autobiography. <laughs> I read the passages, sad part. the sad parts, and then I just... Uh, I kind of make up songs on the banjo. That well, that that's an old, that's the old uh, that's that, that there's we're drifting into an old Steve Martin bit, which is like you you just can't oh, you just can't say a sad thing when you're playing the banjo. You just can't have a sad moment when right. you're playing the banjo. Like, hey Steve, your house is burning down. <laughs> Doesn't matter though. <laughs> Uh, have you have you have you been playing with Steve at all lately? I haven't lately, but we've had uh, we we have had a number of delightful picking sessions over the years nice yeah he's uh he's just he's just awesome that's all there is to say what is what happens in a picking session because i've heard of these legendary picking sessions with people like yourself and steve martin and kevin nealon and people mm. who are like like groups of comedy people who will get together and is it like a drum circle yeah. <laughs> Where does everyone just sort of find a rhythm and then you just you figure out what your thing is and play all together or do you show uh, each other? A- a- everyone uh a- everyone sits there and uh just wails on their banjos in their own world and it's a cacophonous mess. Um no, it's it's usually that the wonderful thing about bluegrass music is that it's a lot like jazz in that everyone knows a lot of the same repertoire and you can kind of just sit down and start playing and hey do you know this song or yeah do you know this one and and the other thing unlike jazz is that a lot of bluegrass songs are quite simple they're three or four chords right and uh and it's it's usually a a fairly straightforward chord progression so you can pick it up pretty quickly so that's been um the nature of uh of some of the the hang sessions where where i've we just, you know, songs will come up, and you, and there are any number of musicians sitting around, and and people just start playing. It's the <clears throat> it is one of my favorite forms of music because I, I feel like you can turn almost any song into a bluegrass song because it 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 is it was designed to play without a, any amplification, and yes. so you have you have the basic constituents of voicing. It, with each of yeah. the handful of instruments that you might have, and there are some, there are arguments to what constitutes an actual bluegrass ensemble. And, sure, and sure. I know that yeah. like some people pull in different instruments. And yeah, some people, some purists are like, well, that's technically not bluegrass, right? But ultimately, you know, with a banjo and like a like a good like a stand up bass and a little bit of percussion and like you, you with with the, these basic voices, you can construct about pretty much anything. I, I there, there's something about acoustic music just in general that is. So intoxicating to me. I, I I love the organic kind of analog feel of it. it. It's 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 just there's sound waves, a string vibrating, and it 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 vibrates the air and it moves through the air and it hits your eardrum and it's all it's so natural, and you can carry a guitar with you anywhere or any acoustic instrument and and just share music with people it's really acoustic music is a beautiful thing and bluegrass i feel like mixes itself so when you're playing <laughs> right, all right. those instruments together they're yeah. all at, at at specific voicings where it right 
they all work very well together. It's sort of up to the musicians that, to kind of mix themselves. Right. Because banjos are obnoxiously loud instruments <laughs> by themselves. So if someone else is, like if a, if a mandolin or a guitar is going to take a solo, uh, or you really have to kind of back off the banjo. But that's part of the, that's what you learn as, as, as you play and go to jam sessions. And uh, it's, it's a really great dynamic. It's kind of this language that everybody speaks at a bluegrass jam session. And uh, it's it's pretty special. Do you, you you guys were touring a bit, weren't you? This wasn't just oh yeah 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 the, uh, the was I I was talking about our album the last time I was here. Right? I think so. Yeah. So we um or I think we had just recorded or something. I don't remember. But yeah. So my trio, the Lonesome Trio, just put an album out last month and we did a little tour. And that's actually we Bonnaroo was our second to last stop. Oh wow! So um, I happened to jump up with Mumford and Sons, which was just a fun thing because, and I know them from uh, we had done this comedy video for one of their songs mm-hmm. with Sadek, Jason Sudeikis and and Bateman and Will Forte, um, a a year year or so ago. So anyway, that was just a a fun random thing. But the Lonesome Trio played as part of the Bluegrass Situation Super Jam which was the next day uh, at, at one of the other tents, one of the other stages. Oh, that's awesome. And super fun. And I was hoping you could stay and come up and, and do a song with us. I wanted to so bad. I wanted to so bad, and I, but I had to get back and go to work. Yeah. No, that well. Sounds very you know. judgy. <laughs> <laughs> I feel judged. Well, uh, I But uh, yes, because uh, it's we're overdue. You, you to have to have you back on. Stage. I would love to. It's the best. I would love it's to. It's so fun. That was so much fun. You're a damn good like metal singer. I'm okay. Do, do people I'm know this. Screamy. They yeah. know because I I do it to their ad nauseum on the podcast all yeah. the time. I'll just break out a little something. Yeah, and then uh, to the extent where occasionally people will be like, "Do you have to sing every?" I'm the I'm the same way. I sing way too much. <laughs> I, Andy Bernard on the Office sang too much. <laughs> Uh, Rusty in this movie arguably sings too much. <laughs> On The Daily Show, I sing too much. I happen to think singing is awesome. It a- is. And especially if it's if it's at a really inappropriate time. <laughs> yes, and you know, listen, it's, it's difficult. Well, although you are in a bluegrass band, so you... Can't you? You can record an album and sing songs, you know. But I, I feel a little, I feel a little imprisoned by the comedy thing, which is that if I wanted to release like a regular album, I'd be like, what are you doing? Like the, in, like contextually, it'd be very weird. Yeah. I could do comedy. I could like Mike Furman and I did comedy songs, but it's not like I could just be like, uh, here's my album, Metal Dreams, you yeah, know, or whatever. <laughs> and uh, I would buy that. <laughs> But I think it's cool. Like, I, I was uh, initially, like, I've been playing with the Lonesome Trio. They're my two best friends in the world, and we've been playing for 20 years since college. Wow. And so, and we've been writing songs forever, and and uh, I was, but I was actually, like you said, I was kind of self-conscious, because we're not a comedy band. Like, we don't play comedy songs. Our songs are, some of them are sort of a little sly or clever, but there's no... They're not joke songs. Uh, well, then when people show up, do, do, are they expecting like, oh, my God, is there going to be some weird turn at the end because Ed's funny? Well, I don't I don't think so at, at this point, but it's also just is what it is. I mean, yeah. people show up with 
everyone shows up with whatever expectations they may have. And we just do our thing, which is pretty uh, sincere music. Yeah. <laughs> and some of it's kind of po- like poignant or even uh, uh, maudlin. So it's, uh, but it's just, I, I did wonder at first, you know, when, when we first sort of talked about, well, we've been playing forever for our friends and families and for, you know, weddings of friends and whatever. But we, we want to put an album out there. Are, are people, are people going to take this seriously? And I, I eventually just realized, like, well, who cares? Like, it is what it is. Yeah. It's, it's a creative thing. I'm you insanely proud of. You don't have to listen of. to it if you think it's weird. Yeah. And, and I, I just, I'm excited to share it. And, and people will listen and hopefully like it. And if not... All good. I don't think it's not for should, everybody. You probably shouldn't open with your Mark Twain song, Frozen Carriage. It's <laughs> <a> really sad. <laughs> uh, really, oh, God. How did he hide a daughter from everyone? Like, how does that... What do you mean? Well, you said that, that, that he wasn't until he took that story to his grave. Well, right? he, no, what he didn't... His So his wife and family didn't know that he, that the blanket had fallen off. They just thought she just it was a random that she got sick like oh. like uh, lots of infants did in that time. Sure. So so he basically r- went for this carriage ride and it was very cold and he didn't notice for you sure. know like forty five minutes or whatever. Right. Totally making up that number. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> long, That's okay. Long, you might totally be making up the story too. <laughs> long enough. Long enough to compromise the infant's health. Sure. And when he got home, he didn't tell anyone that. He didn't tell anyone. It was yeah. just like, and oh, so when she crazy got, world we live in, huh? Uh, yeah. Kids when, die all the time. Right. It's 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 old timey times. Well, let's uh, <laughs> turn off the candles and uh, there was a, there was a lot of loosening. Of the string tie. <laughs> um, not sure uh, what happened here. Uh, I look like Colonel Sanders, whoever that is. <laughs> whoever that might become. <laughs> Whatever corporate uh, <laughs> shilling vehicle that might be down the road. They did cast a new colonel. I know. It's sort of strange. Oh, and uh, and and he's a voice on Waze. It's Daryl Hammond. It's the great Daryl Hammond. Daryl from- Hammond is the... Yes! I didn't know I that. I think I think I read that, or unless I'm just I, I like to come on your show and just make shit up. <laughs> There's nothing true. <laughs> nothing I've said, said nothing is true. true at all. No, the thing never happened. But this is a, when we were uh, driving around Manchester, Tennessee, trying to get to Bonnaroo. We had the Waze app up, and we had and we selected the Colonel Sanders voice. That's <laughs> and it was delightful. It is. Yeah, it is Daryl Hammond. Hammond. That is fucking great. Yes. I had no idea. Um, which leads me to another delightful thing that I will share with you. Please. Rusty Griswold is a voice on Waze right now. That You can do that now? Yes. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, you can get Rusty Griswold on there. So y- you, or I should say, so Rusty went into a sound studio and had to go like, turn left, traffic ahead. Exactly. You just They give you a script of like 60 phrases. Oh, shit, cop. Yeah. <laughs> Um, turn, stop, and um, and drop off your kid at school. That's that's one. No, but uh, they give you all these things, all these things sure to it say. Has a blanket. And uh, <laughs> if you're in a convertible and it's winter, make sure your make infants sure. have blankets. I mean, look, this you know this happened so long ago you're that right. it's okay to talk about it's it. It's dark. It's this is a bleak angle that we've gone. I, I was just going to bring up to see if I could pull up the Rusty Griswold voice on my ways. How do you? It's a uh, little redundant since I'm, since I'm sitting here. 
but yeah, but this is really great. Here it is, Rusty Griswold. Yeah. Oh my God, you could totally. Oh my, God, I can't wait to listen to this. Ed, could you stop talking? I want to listen yeah. to Rusty Griswold. <laughs> uh, no, but uh, I think I've said it. Okay, great. All right, so let's uh, let's let's go somewhere. Let's where, do it. Where, where, where do you want to Where do you want to go? Where do you let's think? go to Chris Hardwick's home address? Mm. Uh, <laughs> let's go to Disney's Grand California. It's the closest right. thing we have to wa- the Wally World. Uh, Griswolds are out of here. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to take uh, fifty three minutes to get there. All right, do not send that ETA to my girlfriend because she'll wonder why I'm going to Disneyland <laughs> in the middle of a work day without her. Um, why aren't you talking right now? It's did you hit? Sitting... Did you hit start? I did. I'm resting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired. God damn it! I want you promised that you were going to talk to me. Why aren't you talking to me, Rusty Grizzly? Um. Well, start walking. Go somewhere. <laughs> Turn left. <laughs> I'm not. I'm just trying to march. <laughs> get, get in your car. Um, it's got to follow the GPS. Here, you got to. I guess you'll have to do it live. Uh, in 1.2 miles, turn right. I've, you got the Alf puppet. I got the Alf puppet. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I. I, I <laughs> hey, Rusty, where's the cat shelter? <laughs> I don't. That's a pretty good Alf. That's not. Does a bad he elf. talk? No. Oh, I thought I thought you were gonna like have a conversation between Rusty and the <laughs> Alf puppet. Where <laughs> the show gets to its down its weirdest trench is when an Alf puppet starts talking to Rusty Griswold on the on waves. Yeah. Anyway, uh, but the, so they give you a script of all these things to say, and then the whatever the Waze algorithm just kind of you know pl- puts them in order uh, as you drive. That's fantastic. Um, and I've been listening to it in my car, and it's weirdly soothing. Does that make me a narcissist? I don't Only know. If you're masturbating? Well, I'm not. I'm not masturbating. <laughs> um, I don't mean now. I mean like back then. <laughs> Clearly, you are right now. Clearly, you should probably stop. Yes, uh, I started when my voice came on. <laughs> um, what am I supposed to not talk about? Right. What? Uh, but. Uh, uh, yeah, it's fun. I like it. It's awkward though because um, the the one thing that's odd about Waze to me is 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 that sometimes you you get to your destination and you get out of your car and you walk inside and it doesn't it it doesn't know quite yet where you are so you'll it'll keep giving you directions. Direct you. So I've I, like the other day I walked into a meeting. And it was my voice <laughs> saying, uh, back up and turn right. <laughs> and everyone was like, what, what, what did you say? I didn't say what? anything. I didn't turn it around. <laughs> Griswold's on the way to Wally World. Oh, my God. This guy's crazy. He's like, he thinks Ed, he's his own what characters. are you talking about? He thinks he's he really, is he method? I don't understand. And then I, then I had to take my phone out and be like, I, it's just ways. But, and yes, I did select my voice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, we're gonna have to reschedule. Yeah, I'm sorry. Sorry, this was supposed your, to be a... the, your pitch of a of Rusty Griswold surfing on a stadium <laughs> on wave a, on a has, door. has been declined. Been, what? <laughs> I didn't even really. Get the, I brought a door. We heard the voice on we the waves, and we just didn't like diorama. it. We didn't like it. God damn it! <laughs> Why do I spend my time building mm. dioramas? I have a garage of, di- of failed dioramas. Rusty Griswold's Diorama Garage. Yep. Where Rusty Griswold... That's the third sequel that's actually a Wes Anderson movie. It's all stop motion. 
Soundtrack by Bell and Sebastian. <laughs> yep. <laughs> if I would make a diorama, I'd make it with you. Anything? And I would follow the Griswolds herky jerkily. Did you uh, through the countryside? Did uh, by the way, Christine Applegate, amazing, so great. I mean, as a, a person or as as in this movie, I been, you know, I did a couple married with childrens in the 1900s, and she was super cool back then. Uh, I don't know. Uh, did she ask about me on the? Set? She or? did constantly. Okay, cool. um, I don't know why she asked me about you, but um, she knows we're friends, and uh, she wants to know how you're doing and why. You tell her I'm fine. Why you were so uh, rude. And and like used to drink a lot. hitting on her excessively. <laughs> I used to drink a lot. How old were you at that time? I was yeah, I don't know twenty. I was twenties, twenty five or something. Okay, nineteen ninety six. Did I think. you do scenes with her? Were you I like? Did. Was As a your... matter of fact, the weird coincidence is someone just it just aired today, and someone sent me a, a screenshot of it, and so I favorited it. So I'm going to show you. Here it is. There it is. This just happened no today. No way! Yes, I, I played a VJ, big stretch, um, and uh, it was Look like at the, your hair. they went to spring break. It was the the Bundys went to spring break. Todd Glass was also in that episode. Amazing. Yeah, I didn't know that you. Uh, I didn't know you had such a such a colorful history I, as an actor. I, well, I mean, this is actor is a very generous term. Well, but you had Mr. Lively clearly coached you very well in your VJ uh, performance <laughs> there. There it is. I'm buying it. I think you, it looks great. Yeah, I had the, um, this helmet of this helmet of 90s hair. Mm-hmm. And there's uh there she is. Christina is the greatest. She's just the greatest. Like the 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 best Co-worker you could ever hope for. So professional, uh, super down-to-earth and hysterical, and um, and as an actor, effortless. There's some – it's infuriating. Like she just is so naturally good. I mean I remember when Married with Children – I mean Married with Children – Married with Children and The Simpsons were like the two shows that established Fox as a mm-hmm. network. When when Fox yeah. basically was the internet of network television at the time. Right? Yeah. We're going to make – Super weird, edgy programming that none of the other networks could possibly compete. You're with. totally right, and I remember at the time, it's like, what? There's another network? Yeah, that's impossible. A fourth? You it, can't. It's the poss- big three. The big four you can't possibly down. add a network. And now it's it, it, like every week there's a new like Bibbidi Boo streaming channel. Yeah. Oh, okay. Bibbidi Boo. Yep. Which is the Bed Knobs and Broomsticks streaming channel. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that was a weird pull. Is that true? Well, I think that was a lot of the yeah. Mm-hmm. Is is Bibbledy Boo a thing? Uh, no, actually, I think Bibbledy Bobbledy Boo was in um, oh Bibbledy Bobbledy Cinderella. Mm. I think that was in Cinderella. But you know, Bedknobs and Broomsticks. There were a lot of incantations. Angela Lansbury. There were both both Bedknobs and Broomsticks. Sure, um, it's possible that that the syllables bibbledy boo mm-hmm. were used in sequence it's gonna be a new which is weird show. because it actually saying that just yep. now invoked uh an apparition of angela lansbury who's sitting right at the table yep. with us hello everybody and- <laughs> oh my oh how much murder she wrote <laughs> <laughs> Mark Twain was my first murder story. And he wrote about it in his autobiography. <laughs> his autobiography, Twain by Helms, where Ed Helms tells a bunch of... 
I uh, uh, I think it'd be fun to do an improv show because the whole thing behind the UCB is don't think. You're just supposed to be right. in the moment. Right. But I think it'd be a fun to do a fun improv show called Think, where you <laughs> improvise a bunch of stuff and then you explain, like I did, <laughs> why your brain <laughs> went to that place. <laughs> that, what, that would – boy, I it, improv – when you do improv uh, – I did – I was spent years at UCB in, in New York and then later on a bit in L.A. And, and there's – it's a, you know, it, it part of it is just submitting to the crapshoot. Like sometimes it's going to be awesome and sometimes you're just going to you're going to mess up. Yeah. And and I love the idea of having an opportunity to explain <laughs> later where what that tangent was and and why that was why supposed happened. to be funny. Cuz maybe in the in that in the explanation process it would justify yeah. what maybe a joke that the audience mm-hmm. missed. They didn't understand why you took and, that. And and they they may not laugh at that no. point, but they would drive home thinking uh I I I feel like I understood that a little bit yes, better. Ed has it, a much more linear chain of thought than I would have expected. Yeah, then I realized because that seemed so incoherent when he did it on stage. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he uh, said Cocoa Puffs after uh, the Dracula scene. The Dracula scene because of. Count Chocula. Count Chocula was <laughs> lived in his neighborhood and was a registered sex. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't. I shouldn't interrupt when you're making no, when no, you're no, like listen. when you're creating chain okay, reactions. Yeah, okay, of, I know. And, and when you're on a hard wiki and just, uh, just to explain, yes. I got I got fucked by a box of cereal when I was a kid. Oh god! So that's where that that's why I went to immediately. To that. So it was consensual, by the way. So this is an episode of Think. <laughs> <laughs> you, you just turned it into. <laughs> this is an episode of Do Think. Yeah, you just explained yeah. your riff yeah. on Count Chocula. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just I just wanted you to know where it came from, so that you didn't right. Got think it. It was totally completely out of out of left field. Yeah, that um, does sound horrendous. So when you're driving home, you'll have a much better understanding. Mm. Yeah, I really get it now. Mm-hmm. I really understand. Yeah. <clears throat> when does vacation it. open? Um, well. Uh, Re- relative to this podcast airing, well, let's I just don't throw know. out a date. What? Wednesday. Which is Wednesday. Wednesday, the 29th of July. That's two days. It's going to be out. It's already out. Vacation has broken every box office record <laughs> in the history of film. <laughs> yes. Yep. Uh, the yes, it is now the number one movie. Suck at Jurassic in, World and in Antarctica. Yes. Vacation. Mm-hmm. Which I think they could have branded. I see now oh boy oh man ed what did we do wrong we didn't do anything wrong i think what if we started co-branding sequels so what if the ne- what if it was like jurassic world 2 griswolds a poppin or something yeah yeah or it's uh, gri- or, uh griswold yeah. sores or 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 there's some type of a the griswold sequel is also the jurassic world sequel the griswolds go to jurassic world I think that would be – I mean there's already enough sort of uh, fan agitation at Hollywood for, for kind of you know, recycling uh, ideas and characters. Yeah. That might be like the sign of the Hollywood apocalypse. And uh, you have a dinosaur, Chevy Chase. Come on, guys. What are uh, we? Why are we? Uncool. Un- <laughs> I should walk out on you right now. Don't leave me. <laughs> I don't like that joke. <laughs> let's 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 
let's say move back into think, and I want you to explain that. <laughs> no, I want right. to move on. I want to move on. The Griswold he's family. He's just, the, he's just the oldest person on the set, whereas in the Jurassic World, the dinosaurs were the oldest things on the right. on the set when they right. shot with real dinosaurs. Right, because <laughs> they're thousands of years old. Don't you think the Griswolds uh, go to Jurassic World and then, and then like the the trees start to rattle in the water, drop the water, and then you know, and then it's just Chevy emerges and everyone's freaked out. He's like, I was just peeing. I mean, like that would ha- that could happen. That would so actually be delightful. As, it wasn't as nefarious a, a comment as you had taken it. You're right, you're right. When you crossed your arms so offensively. My body language ago. changed dramatically in defense of my film hero, Chevy Chase. Yes. Um, uh, I do think... That maybe it's not like, uh, you know, the Griswold's vacation to Jurassic World, because that would be too much of a mashup. But it is, you do see, like, there's, like, a scene where Rusty and his kids are involved somewhere. Or it wouldn't just be fun to see, like, characters from other movies pop up in, just in, the background. in other movies. Yeah, so you're, like, yeah, you're watching, uh, you know, the next... Um, uh, name a movie. <laughs> <laughs> Any movie? The next Top Gun sequel. Yep. And all of a sudden, uh, you see Bill Murray from Groundhog Day. That would be fucking... F- and he just has to watch Goose die over and over again, and he can't save him. <laughs> I don't know. And that's when he has that moment where he realizes that he that he understands humanity. I'm just saying, let's cr- let's let's buy into this idea that every movie is part of the same universe. Or, or, and all of the characters exist in the same or universe. Or in Spider-Man, when Aunt May <laughs> dies and they strap her to the roof of the car. <laughs> <laughs> and they have to drive her. Uh, do you remember uh, Luna Lounge in New York? Well, of course. Did yeah, yeah. Yes. so the, the old eating it shows. I can't remember. I think it was Andy Blitz who had this great bit. Uh, who You remember Andy Blitz? I, Andy Blitz has some of my favorite yeah. bits. Great, great comedian. Wrote for Conan forever and ever. Um, uh, he had this bit of where he said something like, I hate movies because like, I'm watching a Jack Nicholson movie and everyone in the movie – is pretending like they don't recognize Jack Nicholson. <laughs> and if they were to to recognize him, then why wouldn't every bit of dialogue in the movie be, has anyone ever told you you look exactly like Jack Nicholson? <laughs> <laughs> Andy Blitz, ladies and gentlemen. I, and apologies, Andy, for butchering your brilliant bit. But I, that's always made me laugh when he, I think about that. He has two bits that I fucking love, which one of them is about going on who wants to be a millionaire and i i'm not going to do the bit because i don't remember all the steps and the way that he does it is perfect but it's about how all that matters is that you get the right answer but it doesn't matter if everything that you say getting to the right answer is complete nonsense (laughs) and so he sort of walks through you know, it's it's stuff like, oh, and then Lincoln was our first alien president. It's like stuff like that. But then he gets the right answer. He's like, yes, I'm the smartest person in the world. I, I hope it's somewhere on on YouTube <laughs> to look that up. The other bit of his that I love is calling is, is has something to do with like calling his parents or calling his wife's parents and being like, you've got some good news. Uh, we're gonna have a baby. Uh, uh, yeah, it'll be here in about nine months from now. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> it's something again. I'm not doing justice 
<laughs> I'm not doing it justice, oh. but it's, but hey, Andy, I think he did a pretty good job. Andy Andy seems to find these. He just seems to find like um, it's like looking at the other side of a bookcase. Yeah, if that makes any yeah. sense. Where he manages to take things that on the surface seem like one thing, and then he just comes from a weird angle, and you see it in a whole different, incredibly creative way. He's so fucking funny. Yep, yep. He's uh, he's a smart dude. Have you ever thought about... Uh... His brother Jeff Blitz directed a bunch of Office episodes. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. See, yeah. Blitz sounds like a stage name. Blitz. Blitz Hardwick. Blitz Hardwick. <laughs> Blitz and Buzz. Buzz and Blitz. Across the <laughs> galaxy. <laughs> buzz and Blitz. Buzz... See, buzz. I said Buzz because of Buzz Lightyear. Oh. And um, so that's why I thought... Oh, across space. the gut, ga- right. Yeah. Uh, and then Blitz. Uh, to infinity of... and to, 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 the, to, to the starting... No, to Blitz. It's a football term. Football term. So, uh, so they're going really Buzz and Blitz. Buzz and surfing Blitz. around the stadium. Space football. Space football. <laughs> Martian... Mm, the crowd's doing the wave. Pluto ball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're gonna play. Okay, now let's explain it. Let's Pluto. Ex- let's explain how we got there. Pluto is a planet and also a, a dog. Uh, Blitz, yes, football term. Who seems to Pluto? Pluto the dog has a severe learning disorder. Uh, moving on. I'm going to move on from because I'm already lost. Pluto the dog has a severe learning disorder because of asbestos <laughs> in Mickey's tugboat. There you go. And <laughs> that's the sound when they fall down a big hole. <laughs> when, when they they don't just scream, it's like no. a woohoo. I mean, you couldn't. Why would you save that person? Because you'd be too hard laughing. You'd be yeah, laughing too be hard sad, at yeah. the hilarity of their their death. Yeah. Yell. Why? Why when when a cartoon character runs in place, you know, before they actually. Yeah, it's that it's that the the cans rattling sound. Yeah, you know, or like a it's like a. Jink, just, jingling, jangling. Because they're just getting ready to tear but, it up. But why is that the sound? Isn't that the sound it makes when you when you get ready to? <laughs> I mean, I know I don't just start running. My feet just right. spin in place for a couple yeah, for, of seconds. for a couple of seconds, and then and then I take off. Uh, and you're in sort of a forward leaning posture. Well, I think it's because but, all those people had bare feet. The Flintstones, Snagglepuss. None of them were wearing shoes. Road hog. And so I think that's I, that's the sound of bare feet on a prehistoric. Mm. Tapestry. You're right, which is something we can only guess. By tapestry, I mean landscape. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. This is another episode of Do Think. Could a devout Christian be a fan of the Flintstones, or does that contradict? Oh no, no, no! I guess that actually the Flintstones. It's probably the biggest show at the Creation Museum. No, no, no but <laughs> I said that wrong. It yeah. is. A, it is. A, it's a creationist's uh, wet dream. It, it, it validates. <laughs> uh, it validates the that that uh, theology that it all that, that it all uh, came. Yeah, that men together. and dinosaurs existed simultaneously. I've said this on the podcast before. I, my my theory is that the Flintstones happened either after or simultaneously during the Jetsons. Because the Jetsons are in the clouds, I feel like there was some type of planetary catastrophe, some type of Armageddon. Well, they were certainly written at the same time. Yes, yes. <laughs> There's a lot of overlapping storylines. Yeah. Um, All I'm saying is the next vacation movie needs the Great Gazoo in it. Just put the Great Gazoo. Harvey Corman's not alive anymore, is he? Harvey Corman's still alive. If Harvey Corman's still alive, you could get a Great Gazoo cameo. All right. In your next uh, vacation movie at, I do, at Jurassic World. I think it would be cool if, uh, yeah, if if. Yes, that's the Jurassic World Griswold thing where 
where it's now it's no longer dinosaurs are no longer like entertainment at a park. They're they're they've become integrated into society as uh, as like a crane. Yep. You know, like the brontosaurus is a crane. That's right. And the and and we're, we're just sort of using dinosaurs. Uh, it's basically as... Jurassic World, except Indominus Rex goes. You think you got problems? Like instead, yeah. And then and then he gets eaten by the big, right by the big prehistoric. I liked uh, I liked that movie. I yeah, it was really fun. It was just full on. I ate like two tubs of popcorn. I'm so psyched. <laughs> just edge of my seat. Chris Pratt, super funny. It's funny how there's like, well, now there's going to be a Jurassic World 2. And you're like, but isn't that Jurassic Park like five? I mean, like, oh, yeah, you're it, right. Yeah. So it's it's funny to see like branch sequel branches branching their own. Like they're the now the parent of an of a of another. Well, sub-sequel. you see, it's a fractal. It is. So it is a bit the, of a fractal. The, the way that it works. It's it is. Every every sort I can't of. Can we uh, see the new Jurassic World fractal? Oh, I God. think kids are going to start saying be, that. That's that's yeah. It's uh, no longer sequels. It's just fractals. That's kind of what the new vacation is. It's like, it's uh. Well, I guess it's a straight sequel, but technically. Technically, now was there? Did you know? Uh, I don't know if you were in on any of these meetings, but but the the choice to just call it vacation. Do you think that'll trick people into thinking, well, it's a reboot? Like, but it's not a reboot. It's just an uh, extension of the story of the universe. First of all, I'm in every meeting. I've, okay, good. There are no meetings. I thought they I were asking you to in. leave because you were listening to yourself I'm, on the Waze app. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, that I have no idea why why uh, that happened. So, you, sorry, what was the question? It was the decision to call it. I think it's good that they didn't, to be honest, because I think when D- you didn't what they didn't call it like you know vacation f- five rusty oh, right, 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 outing right. or whatever, right, right? You know because it revacation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, another vacation. You know, more vacation yeah. time. Uh, uh, because I think that almost kind of makes it sound cheaper in a way when people go oh it's sound- oh okay they gave it a silly name i think just calling it vacation and it's our generation's vacation right and you and you as rusty are our gen x generation and uh and you have kids i think it, it, i think it was a nice choice it's a it's it's kind of like there's been a lot of discussion is it a reboot is it a remake is it a sequel is it like what what do you call it? And it's kind of all of those things. It's technically the fifth, right? It's technically number five. Uh, that is correct. Right. Yeah. But it's um, but it is a re. It's, it's maybe a restart. A restart. Vacation five. Because it's it's the new. It's the next generation. Yep. What other besides Star Trek? What other next generations have we seen? Um. I don't know. I mean, you know, the Bond films do it all the time, but I don't. But, but it's, they're not. Are they? Those don't take place in real time, though. No, like they don't acknowledge previous Bonds. I think Daniel Craig at one point in the new movie is like, "Wasn't Sean Connery great?" And oh then, no, you know what? You're right because 007 is just the designation, and different people are are 007. Yeah, but they're not really clear on why they're called James Bond. Exactly. Why they all but have that the same that name. could also be part of the designation. But I but I so I I, I was always I think the cooler interpretation is that that is a designation. Yes. But I think the one that they sort of want people to have is like, nah, it's the same guy. Right. 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 It's right. This, it's the same guy, and the older he gets, the better technology gets, and the younger he's a Benjamin Button. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually a Benjamin Button story. It's the, the Benjamin Button fractal. Yep. There you go. It's a perfect mashup of those two uh, things. Bond, Bond, Ben, James Button, James Button, Benjamin Button, mm, and Bond. it's uh, uh, and I guess, but Roger Moore 
was older than Sean Connery. Yes. So that kind of interrupted the the Benjamin Button effect, but well, he t- took a pit stop just mm-hmm. to get older for a minute, yep. and it was like, I don't like this too much. Right, and right. Went, and then he went back. He went off went off his meds, to and he Dalton. started aging. He's he's taking <laughs> he's actually taking Benjamin Button meds. He's yeah, which are expensive, very expensive. But real. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> the can, important thing is that they're very real. You can get them. They're very real. <laughs> you can get them. <laughs> Not enough to bring Goose back though. Uh, yeah, no, that you'd have to go to Pet Cemetery for, <laughs> which would be a. Um, they buried Goose in Pet Cemetery yeah. just because his name was Goose. Yeah. <laughs> just because they were like, well, the headstone's going to say Goose. I mean, you yeah, know, like it's going to confuse people. How do we do that? And Meg Ryan, Meg Ryan was like, you know what? I really want him in a Pet Cemetery. Wait, why, what if, why would Meg and... Ryan, the actress, care about where Goose was? The character was very. Because she was in those meetings. <laughs> she was in all the development meetings for Top Gun. And it would be crazy to and... put him in a human cemetery and have it say Goose. We were like, why would someone bury a goose here who hit a windshield? Right. Which it would say and then the- other people who with loved ones in that cemetery would be like, what is this, pet cemetery? Yeah, I mean, I don't want. Are these, are these going to come back to, it, uh, uh, d- possessed? Yeah, I don't, right. So somewhere, what are going to do? So somewhere a, a possessed version of Anthony Edwards as Goose is walking around Bangor, Maine. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yes. They just buried him. In the- and they... <laughs> Is that where it takes place? Yeah, I thought all of his stories take place in Bangor, Maine, don't they? Right, right. Yeah, the right. greater the greater Maine area. Either that Mainly or, Maine. or yeah. Or Shut up, Kyle. fuck off, Kyle. Eat a dick, Kyle. <laughs> or uh or some I'm trying to figure out if me it's either that's what happened or Meg Ryan uh got hold of the monkey's paw. Right. And uh and wished wished he came back, right? Isn't that what story is that? Uh, monkey's paw. Is monkey? I just think of it as the Simpsons Halloween special, <laughs> where, they the, where they get the where they get the monkey's paw. It's basically Pet Cemetery, but but it doesn't play out, right? It's like uh, the 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 son comes back, the son's killed in the factory, horrific accident. The the parents wish on the monkey's paw that he comes back to life. And he does, and just and he, but he's super fucked up. He's he's was in, like mangled in this factory accident, and you just he's pounding on the door, yeah. And then the story ends. Yes, and it's like, oh my god, do we want to see him? I don't know. What but do it we continues do? because it's goose. It's goose. <laughs> if they had opened the door, yeah, he'd be. I mean, how crazy would it be if he was like his head would just be hanging yeah, off to the but, side? But he'd be like delighted to be home. Yeah, he'd be thrilled. <laughs> Everything like... just looks sideways to him, and he's in a flight <laughs> suit that he can't take off. But, right. But you know, you kind of get you know, it's sort of fun. Yeah. The kids could turn his head into a maypole and just you know, swirl it around, <laughs> and sure, uh, have a good time. Right. So right, right. We have a lot of ideas that we came up with today. That a I think lot of pitches. Really... A lot of pitches. Yeah, we got to get to work on these. Right. Yeah. The the Mark Twain biopic. <laughs> <laughs> that is also Pet Cemetery. Okay, we could do that too. I don't think that's fun. No. <laughs> <laughs> Val Kilmer would not agree to do that one. The twi- yes, he would. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Val Kilmer's so weird, he'd play the baby. Like, <laughs> he wouldn't fucking care. <laughs> did you ever see his uh, Mark no, Twain I show? No, it was amazing. I did too. I wish I'd seen it. I, I'm a big Mark Twain fan and Val Kilmer fan and 
Iceman fan. Ice Cold comes back. God around. damn it! This is the the show of fractal connectivity. That joke was that reference was a dead son beating the door until we <laughs> opened it, and it like, came back. But it's not the same. Oh my gosh. Well, uh, this has been an amazing fractal experience with you. Uh, uh, I feel great about it. I thank you for coming. Uh, Vacation is uh, already in theaters, and I'm sure you've already seen it a couple times, but you should go see it again anyway. Okay. And, and I also feel I feel good when a movie, because you know, obviously we're in a we're in a time of uh, reboots and reimaginings, and and that that has had a negative connotation. But every time someone does it right, then people go, oh, because someone just asked me like, what do you think about new Ghostbusters? And I'm like, you know what? If we get more Ghostbusters movies and they're great, then fucking bring them on. Like yeah. they don't. No cool. one's going to. The government doesn't step in and go. Well, before we show this movie, uh, we're going to need all the original copies of Ghostbusters and Vacation, and we're going to throw them in this furnace, and you can never watch. Right. Them like well, it's it's uh, movies live or die on their own merits. Yes. You know, and if if. Uh, this I'm insanely proud of this vacation, and no one is more precious about the the Griswold universe than yours truly. Like I I was very trepidatious when I got the script, and then I read it, and I was like, "This is awesome! This is so such a tribute to the original world and to the original characters." And and then having Chevy and and Beverly D'Angelo be in the movie was the ultimate affirmation for all of us, and it. it it feels good. I'm enormously proud of it, and I hope uh, I hope fans agree. Was there a but, uh, Jane Krakowski uh, cameo? No, she was in the original. She was, yeah. A lot, a lot of people Dad says I'm she, the best kisser. Dad says I'm the best kisser. That was Jane Krakowski. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You guys, Kyle's nodding. Kyle's nodding. Cousin said. Cousin Eddie's daughter. Cousin Eddie's daughter was Jane Krakowski on the on the seesaw. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. I know. The the cousin Eddie's incestuous lover, <laughs> the new spinoff movie. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of ancestry.com, sometimes <laughs> it does get a little muddled. Sometimes where you start seeing, you start sometimes you'll start seeing names recur in family trees, but it was like, oh, this person married a Smith, but if you go far back enough, another person and you're married a Smith. You know, there's all. Well, back then, everybody married their sisters and brothers, right? Yeah, it was, I it was mean, just convenient. There just wasn't a, like yeah. it, it was sixty miles to the next farm. Why go? I mean, yeah, why go to the market when you yeah. can just go to the backyard? Right, right. Where you keep your kids. That's how I. Uh, I mean, the ones that you approach thought to cover uh, in the winter. Right, 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 right. Yeah. right. Good. Well, we solved that. All done, uh, Mr. Helms. I adore you, and I always love hanging out with you. Such and I, a pleasure, and Chris. I hope that we get to uh, do some more silly. Um, uh, bluegrass covers. Amen. At some point. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Ed. Enjoy your burrito, everyone. Turn right. Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. I feel like I was blindsided. Because it's a competition show. From the producers of Jury Duty and The Bachelor. We have scoured the earth for the 14 greatest reality contestants that were available during our production window. Comes a reality competition show about reality competition shows. Nobody has dared to find out who is the actual best at just being on a reality show. I'm your host, comedian Daniel Tosh. Is winner go home. Each episode, our contestants will face new challenges. 
They will test their strength and lack of life skills for a chance to win $200 million. $200,000. Prepare, because it's about to be ugly crying. Lots of fighting. Tasha, I have to defend myself. Celebrating 25 years of reality TV with your favorites. I have diarrhea. You cannot do this to me. What in gay hell have I got myself into? The Goat, premiering on Freebie and Prime Video on May 9th.